Tiffany, and you're listening to the Busy Bitch Podcast and Book Club. I'm a 20-something-year-old teacher that takes on way too much, but honestly, couldn't imagine life any other way. During COVID lockdown, I reconnected with my love of reading, but realized I have no one to talk to about these books. I read a bit of everything, so if you have almost no one to discuss books with, love to read, and read a wide variety of books, join me here each and every Guys, I am so excited to talk to you this week. So, did you enjoy Rush by Maya Banks? Because, oh my gosh, I did. And I think we might have found that dorm I set out to discover. Well, maybe I wasn't looking for one specifically, and obviously it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. It sort of depends on your kink. But I definitely think Gabe Hamilton is at least in the running. This book has checked so many of the boxes I have for being a good, no, maybe even a great book. I don't know. Quite honestly, I struggle ranking things because I feel as if I have this personality that just lets me like most everything. Things have to really suck for me not to like it. But even with this said, I can't, I can't seem to find much of anything wrong with this book. Now, I am confident there are people out there who want to enjoy this book, but isn't that the truth about everything? Anyways, let's break it down. Since I ripped Fifty Shades apart for their writing style, because honestly, guys, it was so bad. I feel like I should talk about this first. And I absolutely love the way this book was written. I was immersed in the story oh so quickly. I really felt attached to the characters. The story does a pretty good job of telling both characters' sides without making you get lost about who's doing the telling, right? While I feel it's mostly Mia's point of view, you get great glimpses into Gabe's thoughts and feelings when it's really important and when it counts. I loved knowing right by the end of chapter one, that they both secretly want each other, but feel like due to their brother or friend that they're off limits to each other. It's got a bit of this like forbidden fruit, Romeo, Juliet kind of thing going on. Even as I am writing this, I have this deep, dark need to just know more about me and Gabe. I want to know so much more. I want to know their story, not just the slightly dramatic parts. Like, I want to know the mundane stuff, too. I want to know them, not in some creepy stalker way, but in a cheer them on from the sidelines type of way. And there's just something to say about a book when you can't stop thinking about the characters, even once you've finished the last page. So, there it is. I love this book. And right away, we were pulled into the story with that flash forward in the prologue. I felt like we were just plopped right down in the story. No buildup telling us who each character is or the relationship or lack thereof to each other. And this time, I was okay with that. The author knew she had enough time to fill us in with all that 
coming up. She wanted to grab our attention with the situation and the strong emotional bond between Mia and Gabe, even from the very beginning of their relationship or non-relationship, whatever you want to call that. And she was able to do all that without ever once mentioning an emotional current rushing through them. (laughs) I so didn't miss those words. I was hooked into her story from page one. It was a page turner for me. And I had such a difficult time putting it down in order to do adult things like going to work and teaching the 30 plus kids in my online class, making dinner and vacuuming. Now, there were a few times throughout the story that I read a comment and thought, oh no, please don't turn Mia into this clumsy girl that can't even stand her own two feet and needs a man in order to survive and function in life. But that fear, thankfully, was short-lived because she also did a bunch of kick-ass things like get the no bullshit info out of Gabe straight from the beginning. She wasn't there to play around. She knew that she had to be firm and stand her ground. And what I love most is that she knew even though she was turning over complete and utter power to Gabe, she, and I quote, wasn't going to be some spineless twit who chose to cower rather than to speak her mind, end quote. And I think that right there is super important. I truly believe that is one of the major differences for Gabe between Mia and all, and it sounds like there is a lot of the others before her. You know, besides the fact that they have both lusted after each other secretly for what seems like a long ass time. So while we're on the topic, let's talk about Gabe. Oh man, oh man. He is such a territorial, take what is mine type of man. Like in the fact that she isn't to wear panties around him, he wants easy access to her and her body at all times. But he is fiercely protective of what he considers his. And he has some amazing lines to back all of this up. Like, when she was starting to think of herself as a whore and he was so fast to shut that shit down. Oh, and when he went after Charles throughout the story and even during a confrontation with his ex-wife, he protected Mia, even though he couldn't come to terms with his feelings about her. But you know, Gabe isn't a perfect human being. I mean, no one is. We all make mistakes. And well, it appears when he doesn't do things right, he really screws them up. And I know it's easy to say that after the fact, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and all, but he fucked up during that cocktail party that his dad showed up to with the blonde bimbo. And I know, I know he was trying to prove a point And Mia even points out that they weren't public with their relationship, but I agree with her. He definitely could have given her a heads up and told her, you know, his plan. And I was so happy that Mia reacted the way she did. 
I feel like that was an honest, very real, and very possible reaction that someone in real life could have had. And that's obviously not the only time he messed up. Like, when he couldn't come to terms and acknowledge his feelings towards Mia and kickstarted that whole Paris situation, or when they got walked in on towards the end of the book. We'll touch more on that later. But both of those times were really because he wasn't ready to admit his feelings. <sighs> Typical guy problem, am I right? Even with his fuck-ups, Gabe is still a good guy because, in his words, his job is to be in tune with your wants, needs, and desires. I'm not worth much as a man if I can't do that. And damn, if that doesn't leave you flushed and warm and fuzzy on the inside, you need to get yourself checked out because I feel like more men need to have that very viewpoint and live by it. Now that we've talked about Gabe, it's Mia's turn. I'm so excited because I love Mia. She is just such a well-rounded character. She has a prominent personality, friends, a real backstory, and well, her situation in the beginning of being graduated but not knowing what to do is just, well, relatable. Okay, now, maybe having a rich brother that takes care of you and entering a relationship through a contract may not be relatable for the mass majority of us, but the other things really are. Mia is a strong young woman who has her world opened up and she stepped out to explore the possibilities beyond the vanilla she has had in the past. Now, vanilla isn't all that bad. It has its time and place, but I think it's important to be open and try new things, just like Mia did. Sometimes they turn out great, and other times, not. Not so much. But she didn't stop trying, and she never let one situation, <coughs> Paris, completely shut her down. At least, not for long. I said earlier that she was strong with Gabe when stating her demands and seeing where he stood in the beginning. But she showed that all throughout the story especially towards the end. After she walked out of his apartment with Jason Ash, Gabe confronted her time and time again. And she was just not having it. I honestly don't know if I could push away someone that I loved. I know, I know. She was doing it almost like future self-preservation. She figured it's better now than later on down the road and that she didn't want to go through this twice. And I totally get that. I can't blame her for that either. But I'm not confident that if I was in that situation, I could tell him no day after day like that. I might have gone running back to him into his arms so much sooner. Like when he showed up at her apartment after she closed the elevator on him. I know I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I think overall Mia is written in a way that reflects how real women might react in that same situation. I just love it. 
like how she's slightly overwhelmed when she's confronted with the contract. She gets jealous with that blonde bimbo, and when his ex-wife shows up, and even how she processes through the events in Paris. She cries out for Gabe's protection, and he loses it on Charles. Once the other men are out, he goes to comfort her, and she almost melts into him with tears. But once the first emotional outburst is over, she wants some space, and she wants to get clean. She doesn't deny or reject his touch exactly, but she's definitely not seeking it out either. Even the very next day, when they sort of pretend that the previous night didn't happen, it's almost like they're in denial. I think they both wanted and needed to fake some semblance of normalcy in order to get through and to start processing what happened. No, they couldn't forget it. Not for long, not forever. And in the end, I think Mia even says she's okay with the events that happened because it helped Gabe recognize some of his feelings. He still wasn't able to voice them and wouldn't be for a very long time and a few more mistakes to come. But that night, he, he truly realized how much she cares for Mia and also took responsibility. And that's huge, guys. He took responsibility, saying that this whole thing was his fault. And he was trying to prove wrong some stupid point that his ex-wife made. Now, while that was never admitted out loud for Mia, the fact that he was able to internally reflect on that, I think that's huge. I want to back up, though. Let's talk about chapter 30 and that night in the hotel. Could you willingly give yourself? No, no, no. I guess I mean to say be given to three other men. Three men that you just had a business dinner with. Let that sink in for a sec. These are men you might see again in a professional setting. Men that potentially will work with your older brother. Me? Personally? I don't think I could. Even if all that bad stuff didn't happen. I mean, I'm totally down for multiple men. At least i try it, right? But the other men, or man, would have to be complete strangers or maybe I could get down with it being a close friend or maybe even someone that I occasionally see but never in a professional manner plus do you know how weird it would be to have a threesome with it with guys that are single at the time and then later down the road he gets married has kids with his wife and then bam he walks into a parent-teacher conference because I have his kid in my pre-K or kindergarten class. <laughs> That'd be beyond weird. And these are the things I think and worry about. Like, legit, guys. And if I was in that situation, I feel like I'd blurt out, Oh my god, your husband's penis has been in me. Or something else that's super embarrassing and completely inappropriate 
And then I'd somehow, <laughs> I mean, I'd lose my job or something, guys, because I just couldn't control my shit. I also want to talk about that second visit his ex made. She said some things and made some threats that seemingly went unanswered. She says, and I quote, you'll regret this, Gabe. And I have to wonder, did she somehow team up with Charles and convince him to blackmail Mia? Or was this just said out of anger and hope that she could make him regret it in the future? Am I reading too much into this? Or maybe this will come back to haunt them sometime. See? This. This is why I need more to their story. This is why I need to know the future and what it holds for them. Okay, and now backing up even further to that contract. Do you guys remember in Fifty Shades of Grey, I said the author could have written it in a way that made us understand all the minute details without making us read it word for word for word, which I didn't do anyway. Well, bam! Congratulations, Mrs. Banks! You fucking did it. I thoroughly enjoyed learning all about this contract and all the intricacies of it. I never felt bored or the need to skim over it because I didn't actually read the document. And I so greatly appreciate that. Also, one thing that I appreciate is that these contracts mention birth control they've got a whole clause about it like thank fuck because i've read too many novels where it's never mentioned if these women are on birth control or not and that's not the problem that bothers me right like i could care less but she magically is pregnant typically finding out while they're broken up or something and I seriously can't believe that that many women aren't on some sort of birth control. Is it just me? Are there really that many women that aren't on birth control and aren't practicing safe sex then? I don't know. So, I honestly feel like I could talk about this book forever. But I'm going to try to wrap it up. Just one. No, two more things. Throughout the story, I think the underlining theme is to embrace your kink and enjoy it. That right there is such a great life lesson. For some reason, we aren't taught to embrace what we enjoy. And that has turned into like embarrassment or shame for some of us. The book even says, All three men had their kinks and were unapologetic about it. And this is a concept that all people men and women alike need to get with it's okay to be bashful it's okay to turn red while talking about sex or penises or vaginas but talk about it and you know what i went this whole time without talking about any of those fantastic mind-blowing sex scenes which is a huge disservice to this book because damn they were hot, like knuckle-biting, so, so, so good. And all of it, the spanking, the crop, 
oh, I just love it when it says she was going to be wearing his marks. Like, from him grabbing on her, her hips and thrusting in. Mm. That totally gets it for me. Many times during this book, I purposely stopped reading because I could tell the scene was going to get steamy and that I needed to read that for the first time alone with my vibrator. Oh, and I just have to mention it, guys. This book, too, also has the word astride in it. Did you catch it now that you know to look for it? It was there. I only saw it once, though. Well, as you can tell, I thoroughly enjoyed Rush by Maya Banks. Tonight, while recording this, I've been drinking what I call my White Trash Claws. Kind of like White Claws, but better. It's a flavored sparkly water of your choice with as much vodka as I want in it. Because it's way cheaper than buying White Claws and I can customize it to my alcoholic preference. So, I give this book five out of five WTCs. I do plan on reading the rest of this series and there are two more books. I think they're about similar length so we'll take a week for each one of those as well. Then after we finish these series we'll find a new genre. That way we're mixing it up a little bit. So next up is Fever by Maya Banks. Happy reading and go celebrate your kink. Bye! and podcast image was created, recorded, and edited by me, Tiffany. Music is Voxel Revolution by Kevin McLeod.